Hi, I'm Erica Ramirez, founder of Illy and host of What About Your Friends, a podcast dedicated to the many lives of friendship and how it's portrayed in pop culture. Every Wednesday on the Ringer Dish feed, I talk to my best friend, Stephen Othello, and your favorites from within the Ringer and beyond about friendships on TV, in movies, pop culture, and our real lives. So join me every Wednesday on the Ringer Dish feed, where we try to answer the question TLC asked back in the day, what about your friends? There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Listeners, welcome. This is Sound. I'm Justin Chair. And I'm Mike Peters. We're your sound only co hosts here to record our deepest, darkest thoughts about the millennial lifestyle, anime, video games, black people shit. This week, once again, Donald Glover, Donald Glover Talk, Swarm, Amazon Prime, Beyonce, Seven Nigel, episodes. Seven episodes. I, I thought we were just saying factual stuff in a yeah. certain cadence. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, this show is is it this this show is divisive, right? Like I, from what I understand, people are not fucking with it, fucking with it, not fucking with it. The people. I, I think we get that, into our like it's, it is it is something that you need to be one of two ways about for okay. for for whatever reason. Um, I mean, like not for whatever reason. I know the reason. Like it is the, I I, I don't know in, in like what's what spheres you're taking the temperature on. Not to sound like you know, Kendall Roy, you know, calling for you know like, hey, did you scan the Twitter beforehand of whatever? Like it's just like, but yeah. but like yeah, like it seems to be that the show would have been better with if they could just stop talking about it, you know, or or stop trying to say mm. post post production what their thing is about, which I think is just, that's like the Donald Glover issue. <laughs> is it not? Like, which is like, you know, and not to say that it's Donald Glover's new thing because, you know, it's, it's Donald Glover and Janine neighbors. I think that one of the best, one of the better episodes was written by Kara Brown. It was that one about uh, like Sanaa Latham allegedly biting yes. Beyonce at a, at a, <laughs> at a New York fashion week party. I yeah. got a lot of, I, I got a congratulatory thrill out of like knowing that the joke was coming before, like they, they finally get it in. Oh, you know who that was? It's the chick from love and basketball, like yeah. right before the credits. Yeah. I was waiting for it for seven minutes. Though. <laughs> like it's, it's yeah, it was, it's, it has its moments. The show does like, and it's one of those things that would be fun, but for the context around it, where it's like, you know, they're saying in this, that, and the other outlet that the show, no, the show is about this. We are trying to say this instead of like, just, you know, we already know that it's the thing that it is. And we're going to have to put the dime in the jukebox and let the whole motherfucking song play out. So you might as well just let us do that and let, anybody else come to determination about what the show is about if they want to do that 
Yeah, it's like the your point about the messengers is apt in that there's something about the Donald Glover hive mind or universe that is just insistent on kind of manhandling people's interpretations, right? And a claim for what is going on in the shit. And it's just like, I don't know. I, I definitely agree that that's frustrating. I enjoyed, I feel like the show more than other people I've talked to about it. Um, I, I tell you what, like, let me take a stab at articulating what it is quote unquote about, right? Okay. It Please. is about, <laughs> it is about uh, a woman named Dre, who is a huge Nija stay, a Beyonce stay, but a, a, Ast- a big asterisk. <laughs> uh, yeah. Nija uh, and scare quotes. Which, by the way, you know, when people first started sort of flagging the show to me, I, I, I think I got an impression of it that's very different from what it becomes, right? Like, especially the sort of critique of it as kind of Twitter brain, right? And it kind of makes sense because the show ends up being in a lot of ways about the dynamics of hives, right? So like Beyonce's hive, like, you know, Rihanna fandom, Nikki fandom, like all those kinds of online contingents, right? But it also is a, it's kind of not as big picture, like think PC as I thought. But for like the, 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 the customary switch up in format in episode six, where they do the docuseries and they're yeah. trying to tell you why they were, they're trying to get to the bottom of why, like why the story has, why things have gotten this far, why yeah. Dre, um, becomes a serial killer and like, did it have to do with her foster parentage or, you know, whatever is the, is like, it, it's like really the only time that they get like over the top preachy, like straight through. Like, I mean, like there is definitely like other, otherwise like, but for like recurring things in, in the first, like in the first couple of episodes, um, where they're just doing like the Twitter was mean to me shtick thing. (laughs) Yeah. It does get like a it, it drags on knowing knowing what Donald Glover in real life is like like you know <laughs> it more or how he has behaved about those things like kind of those like those scenes have a certain accent on them like despite you like really enjoying Dominique Fishback's performance and she is incredible in the yeah, show she, like, she is, like it blindingly is, good it is crazy how good she is in the show like. Uh, and I think that like that is like that's my biggest thing about it. If it wasn't for, again, like all the people around you trying to tell you what it's about. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, her best friend dying the same night that a Beyonce, sorry, that a that a Nyjah video dropped, and like you know her kind of moving around the countries on the whims of the beehive would sort of be like, you know, oh, like somebody killed John Wick's dog. Like this, yeah! this show, and like it can <laughs> like the premise can be as dumb as you want. Like yeah, as long sure. as like the people in there are like behaving believably under the circumstances. I don't give like it's like I really I came here to be entertained, not educated. Like and the show achieves that it, like it really does like on occasion like the like the 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 episode 
like the with the strippers is so where where they're they're in the Greek chorus is so good. <laughs> where they're just kind of like I I don't know who the actor is, but she's just like after Dominique Fishback is doing her wild eyed staring, like. It's her, like, are you listening closely or, you know, why so serious is her. Instead of that, she says, who's your favorite artist? Like, you know, like, <laughs> why did you say that weird thing about Nigel on the Internet? And after she goes through this entire exchange, the camera pans around the room. And it's like, <laughs> she goes, nigga, what the fuck? Shut the fuck well, up. But like, yeah, like the, the, the show achieves like really high highs. Like, and if it's not trying to tell you that things are one way and instead just letting you experience it, that's when the show is good. Yeah. And it's, I think part of my experience of the show is that, um, cause I was talking to Allison Herman about this, about the episode you brought up, the documentary, true crime detective, mm-hmm. right? And I definitely agree. There's a point in that episode where this, the detective is talking to the woman from the foster care si- system, right? And she's like, but do you want me to gossip about a child? And, and the part where they get into that huge argument about, you know, these kids have been through so where it's much. it's just like something, it's like we had to get this entire, we had to get this monologue in there somewhere. Yeah, and it feels like yeah. that's, that, that preaching. I think, I do, like, if I identify that moment is a moment where I definitely agree the show kind of bites off more than it can chew in terms of ethical critique of really anything. <laughs> it, it's that. But even the rest of that episode, right, you know, the detectives attempt to be like, why, like, what is, what is going on with this girl such that she like, or she, you know, she's trying to figure out who did it. She could have been me. We have the same last name. What if I met her at a Niger show? Yeah. And it's, it's sort of, I guess I just didn't take it that seriously. Like to me, I was just like, oh, this detective is funny. Like she's just funny, you know? And I, some of the moralizing stuff that I, I can see people point to is kind of irritating or aggravating about the show. I think I just, I don't know. Maybe I just didn't take it seriously enough. And it's also, I feel like in some sense, I'm comparing it to Atlanta, where it felt like when Atlanta would get into that mode, it would be even more obnoxious about it. So something about Swarm to me actually feels like relatively well moderated compared to the worst stretches of Atlanta. It's like when Skrillex and Justin Bieber made that song together, you were surprised that he had that much restraint. Like this is, it's very (laughs) like, like, there, again, I texted you being like, I'm not really like, it took me days to go back and watch episode two. Cause I was just mm. like, I don't want to like, it's just, this is come on. Like, are we talking, is this whole thing going to be about, you know, people and, and the, and the punchline is, is it's cause you on that dang phone all the time. Yeah, he's you're been on the doing the, he's doing the same. He's been talking the same shit for 10 years. Like, I mean, like, it's just. And this is, it's not something that you're going to be able to get away from because obviously art is a product of the time in which it's made and like things, art that attempts to make sense of social media or talk about it in real time, like tends to falter. Like it's a difficult subject to take on in, in the for best sure. of times. Like for, for sure. then to, for it to be like a thing about the beehive and toxic fandom, like, you know, 
I like it's just like I don't want a story about that. I want I just wanted seven episodes of a show that I can watch, you know? No, I feel that. I feel that for sure. I also think that like to your point about this show having high highs, I really can't say enough about Dominique Fishback's performance and how I don't think it's I, I do think it's supported by good writing. Like I think a lot about the episode when Dre kills uh the stripper. Right. Is like her colleague and colleague sort of wants Dre to go home with her because, you know, she has a she has like a, a violent, abusive boyfriend. And she's like, look, I need somebody to go with me to know that I wasn't out fucking some dude. And she's like in the house and she sees the boyfriend. And it, this all ends with with, you know, Dre killing this stripper's boyfriend and dragging him out in the middle of the night into the backyard. And it's like. This is what the second killing, I guess, in the show, and it's like the stripper is like homegirl sees her, and you is a moment. There's like a beat, right? And you're like, oh shit, is she gonna freak out? And instead, she's happy that her boyfriend's dead, right? And she starts going on this tear about how she thinks they're Thelma and Louise, and we go run away. And it's just like she keeps going on this happy rant about how she's found a new friend. See, and then uh, Dre like- fucking pulls the gun and just shoots her in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> and did you so the thing is is that as soon as she popped up on the screen yeah. while she was burying the while she was burying the boyfriend, I was just like, Oh, she's dead. Yeah. And I was and I was just like, and when I when it finally happened, you're like waiting for like, oh, finally. Like Yeah. And the also like uh Dominique Fishback's performance is so transformative because from the like they have the like, and I don't know. Like, yeah, sure. I like you. It's, it's tough to say how much of something is writing and how much of it is improvisation and how much of it is choices or whatever. But like, in the first episode, she's doing this thing. Like, she's doing this sort of like <clears throat> half marionette walk that she does anytime that she's yeah. sort of like displaced. Like yeah. being led. Like it's as if like there are imaginary strings attached to her forehead and hands, pulling her forward into whatever it is the next thing that she's supposed to be doing. And everything looks detached like the first time that she's stripped. She looks like she's like, in a Silent Hill game. She's like a yeah. character model in like Silent Hill 2 or, like, or something. Yeah, like, or, you know, those, those, uh, the, the, the robot twins in Atomic Hearts or whatever. Like, yeah. it's like, this, it's basically like she's, everything on it like it's math. It's like Matthew Delvadova's jump shot. Everything on it moves in the wrong direction. Like it's like a seriously bad stripping performance. Yeah. And then <laughs> after mortifying. she like yeah. And then like but you know it's like it's this is me. I'm just being who I am, which right. is like you know a facsimile of her favorite artists and you know the one time she saw her friend dancing in the bedroom. Like this is actually like the really like I kind of was like had a really warm feeling when she was watching like a Marissa makeup u- tutorial on, yeah. on YouTube and like doing her makeup in the car before she went into the strip club. Cause it's just like, you're thinking like, it's gotta be nerve wracking anytime you're getting on stage, like in whatever mm-hmm. capacity and you have no friends here. And like, it's just sort of like this quiet moment to her. So I really like that. Anyway, after she kills dude and I mean like her, uh, like uh, her colleague and her boyfriend, like, and she goes back to the strip club. 
and she does her routine, it's like, <laughs> it is like, it's a completely different person. Like, yeah. it's just like, it's sort of like uh, the the whole post-coital ecstasy thing that murderers experience or whatever it is it's supposed to be about. Like, you know, after she kills, she she commits a double homicide that's smooth, finally, instead of just clunking somebody with the nearest thing. Yeah. And she goes back to the strip club like a burden's lifted off her and she's like, the way she moves is totally different. And it's like, it's great. Like, she's fantastic in this show. Yeah, and it's like she's very good at because it's like okay, she's playing a serial killer, but I just think when I, you know, I guess the reason I dwell on that moment where she does the double homicide, right, is this sort of this she's very good at kind of always she moves through the show with this sense of like she is this character and like you got her fucked up if you think anything. You know what I mean? It's like there's something just deep in her that's fucked up. She doesn't understand what it is. Whenever she does something bad, it's kind of like you said about her going out of the strip club. It's like she moves through the series with this sense of like, it's fine. It's fine. You know what I mean? It's fine. Like, oh, fuck, I just killed her. It's fine. You know? And it's <laughs> she carries that yeah. tension around in her so palpably and violently. And yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's also the moment when she kills when she kills the stripper and she immediately finally pulls out her phone and she's like, Siri, who the fuck is Halsey? Yeah. <laughs> it's like moments like that where she's so self-possessed and it's just like, oh, wow, you cannot, you cannot penetrate her consciousness at all. And so it, it helps build up the character. It's sort of like the whole show, I feel like, ends up building up this idea that, listen, the only person on earth who could even conceivably, and not even necessarily, but at least conceivably penetrate something about her consciousness is Nija, right? And anyone oh, yeah. else is wasting their time and getting themselves killed, even interacting with her in so much as like an anonymized Twitter exchange, right? Yeah, yeah. It, 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 like it is because it's all these, she's just this collection of like defenses built over a lifetime and coping mechanisms like she's she's like she's she's she gets to be hot in every conceivable way even the unhealthy ones in the show like it's yeah. like there's it's it's just a like it's just a really great consummate performance yeah, it's like what else? I mean, I'm trying to think of what else about her performance. Like, you know, in the shootout when she when she goes to, it's like she breaks Marissa's phone. She's trying desperately to get the number reactivated. So she goes to like her foster parents' house. Oh, she, she goes to, to Leon Robinson's house. Yeah. Ain't nobody coming to see you, Otis. Like it's very <laughs> like I, it's it's. <laughs> so great the way that he shows up also chest all out like he's not 61 years old like yeah. <laughs> it's it's fantastic like uh the the shootout scene cuz it's like it is like she kind of it's like at any given moment she's just now remembering what her position in like you know the in the hierarchy within this room is yeah. and also remembering that she can change it. 
Like it's sort of like an impressive thing to see play across somebody's face in a tense situation. And even some of the some of the physical stuff, I feel like with Dre, I think both in this scene, the shootout in the house, right, with uh, the father, but also back when she first kills the stripper's boyfriend, right? She smokes him out of the bathroom. You know, he's in the bathroom. She smokes him out, and then when he opens the door, she like hits him with the frying pan or something like that. And she's constantly sort of the there's like an anxiety and how she kind with of a dumbbell. Moved. Oh, with the dumbbell. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. With the dumbbell, and it's like. The, the, the show kind of turns her into fucking solid snake in this really funny way where she just like, I remember when she's running from the dad and she runs upstairs and the way she like very, she like locks the bathroom and then she reinforce it's like she does all of this stuff with this kind of twitchiness that just feels like, oh wow, she is like a cracked out cod player. <laughs> But like in real life and also a Beyonce stand. Like what the fuck is happening with this woman? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I it's very like you just don't know what you're capable of until right. you're in the in the situation. Like she is and... John Wick. Like she has that kind of <laughs> Liam Neeson thing going on where she does like the violence. I don't know, all of the violence she has. Like I think at first you're meant to kind of read her as like this person who has something wrong with her and is like, you know, this isn't the real her. But the show kind of rubs in your face so much that like, no, this is the real her. She's so good at this shit. She's so good at surviving. And like, even that one time, the dude who, uh, the big dude who saves the strippers on the side of the road, remember she's like waiting for him outside the shower. He's not in the shower. So he has the drop on her and sees her with the pan. And even then, it's like, I don't know. It's like she gets saved, I guess, by the strippers in that, right? Because they the strippers see what's going on. They shoot Yeah, the, like, uh, but even, I know the feeling that you're talking about because she, so to set this up, like, it's this guy that is at least five to six times her size. Like, and the shower's running. And it's sort of like she has like a Robert De Niro at a heat moment sitting in the car after the flat gets fixed. And she remembers sitting at the steering wheel that he said that Nija deserved to die. Like, you know, I, I gotta, I'd like, and then, you know, like it's playing in her head and then she's just like, I gotta pee. So she goes back inside and devises the plan to spray Mason to the steaming shower. And when he steps out, she's just going to batter him to death with a, with a, with a frying pan. But like, when he walks in and actually gets the drop on her, and but she still has the pan in her hands, I remember thinking like, "Oh, it's even now. It's fifty fifty. <laughs> like, even, despite like him entering from off camera and him looking gigantic, yeah, like coming into the bathroom, catching her, like you know, trying to catch him off guard. I was just like, "Oh, it's a heads up fight now. It might be, <laughs> you know, like it's." I think she might. I think she still got it though. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. I just I don't know. I think she just sells moments like that, like the actual violence of the show, really, really well. I think okay. So like, let's talk about the stuff that's not Dre, right? Like, what is this? What is the stuff that we've? Ta- I guess we've talked about the moralizing. Um, I don't know. It's hard for me to stick a pin on this stuff about the show that doesn't work as well um other than like you said the tone and maybe some of this stuff 
like basically interviews with Glover, you know, and sort of him talking about like why they cast Fishback in the role and stuff like that. Yeah, I I mean I just keep thinking about how much I would have how much I might have enjoyed the show without having gone into it with the like so much information <laughs> like which I mean like and also I think that there's the like the twin negative effect of everybody telling you or not everybody just like you know there being a cadre of people tell it, ready to tell you that it's the best thing ever. Like, because I mean, like, it's just cool. Like, at the end of the day, it's just cool. It's cool that, like, you know, they made a story that grew from a seed about, you know, like, this real-life thing, and it was entertaining legitimately for a part of it. And that is, like, a good thing. Like, mm -hmm. considering, like, who they pulled in and, like, all of the places that Dominique Fishback got to go to, like in in terms of like her performance, like all of that is a good thing to me. Like what it what what makes it so annoying is anybody trying to tell you that it's like going to change or anything, or it's the best anything, or that it is a definitive story about anything, or that it's supposed to be about like. And when I, I know I kept saying, I keep saying this, like, because everything has to be about something, but there's a difference between that something happening to be about, um, you know, choose whichever real world event and the effect that the, that the thing is supposed to have. Like, it's not, I, I don't know what the, what the intended effect of, of you know Donald Glover and Janine Neighbors was, but I don't. I also don't want them telling me. Like I, it's, it's it's just like not a thing that I need. You get what I mean? Yeah, I feel that, and it it is tough because it's like the premise you were saying in the beginning of this combo, right? It's like you can premise be whatever the fuck you want, right? Like go nuts, right? And I do think this. I I feel like this show is weird because it is again kind of anomaly about about scare quotes and about capital a about stand culture hive you know hives and shit like that but it, but again it kind of isn't or it's not yeah like, like it could have just been like the like it could have just been like the half hour fx dramedy we don't know what it is thing but it's bookended by that splash screen that has, you know, like, this is not a work of fiction. Yeah. Any oh, can we talk about that? Of yeah. Likenesses is, is intended or whatever. And it's just kind of like you started off on the wrong foot. Yeah, like it is I a, agree with that. That 100,000% I agree. That that shit is just like, okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know... I want to be surprised by what Pink Caravan eventually does. I don't want Black Sabbath to come out and announce that, you know, like it's, this is how we're closing the album and you better love it. Like, it's like, <laughs> I don't like, I, I don't like, it's just very like, uh, like heavy, it's heavy handed. It's heavy handed and heavy handedness can be hilarious sometimes. Like, but not when it feels like it's trying to play for real stakes. Yeah, for sure. Wait, I, I can't 
this is this is kind of an abrupt thing, but I can't. I almost forgot to mention it at all, and I have to bring it up because it's important to me. If if we are going to at least acknowledge the high points of this show, mm-hmm. the fucking cult, the fucking Billie Eilish cult. The oh, fucking, that 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 is Billie the best episode I, to like me. The, <laughs> Billie like Eilish the, is the amazing. Mid, like this the shit, like the 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 Name. mini midsummer retreat. <laughs> yes! Like yo. With, She's just in a music video. Like, you know, like it's, this is like, we also have to talk about how beautifully every like thing is shot. Everything looks like the coolest place ever in this, in this show. Even just like like, random highways. Like (laughs) random, like abandoned ass malls, but for like the t-shirt printing shop and the pretzel stand, like look like, you know, the ninth and tenth wonder of the world. It's just very well shot. Like, but yeah. anyway, they like there's this retreat episode where she's just like, I'm gonna go see Najat Bonnaroo. And she gets saved by she loses one tail by like, you know, the sundowner cop showing up and being yeah. like, I'll drive you to the hotel. And then like she picks up another one because it's white influencers. Right. And they take her to this place that has sound baths and a morning hike and, you know, it's an ace hotel. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's the wing. Like, they found the wing. the wing. They found the wing. <laughs> they found the wing, man. They found the wing. And it is like just like a like a women's empowerment. There's just sort of they do all the wellness stuff. They got all the crystals, you know. All like the they, crystals, bro. Thanos. They read all they White read all the Thanos. books, listen to the podcasts and whatnot. And there it's it's about optimization for these women you know of optimizing your they they practice ikigai in this in this <laughs> in this coven of 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 thought leaders coven is right but anyway like billy eilish is like so calm like eerily <laughs> calm <laughs> eerily <laughs> calm from the stressful. moment that she's on screen stressfully yeah. calm like and it is so like it's like playing across from Fishback, who had, in this episode gets like her most histrionic, maybe yeah, like yeah. Mm-hmm. like the two of them in a room, like the like the fire yeah. and ice thing is Dog, it's so in, good. It's so good. Like I mean, like Their I snapped so to good. attention. Yeah, I was yeah. just like name. Yeah, it's, <laughs> every it's time very, every time she says name, it's like. It's I'm very content. good. Like it, she, like they look like they're, like, alternately having a blast and just kind of sharpening each other. <laughs> like it's just very like, it's hard to describe that scene. You kind of yeah, gotta watch it. It is like your point about how how like weird, how surreally calm she is, and it's also coupled with this passive aggression. Like when she says the thing about, "Oh, you were doing so good at not looking at your." phone i want you to just like when she says shit like that it's just like yeah like it's and it's like she looks like billy eilish but she's doing like margot martindale like (laughs) or uh you know pick your you know crazy post-apocalyptic youth pastor with the exposed white t-shirt under the gang of one type vibes like Calm until you break the rules. Yeah, type, type of thing. She yeah. plays it so well. Yeah, all these basics of 
looking ass. Like, yeah, she's that, that that episode, I think, again, in terms of taking away something, it's like, yeah, you're right. It's like, I think that the this show feels like a potent dose of something and it's kind of uneven, but like I definitely take the cult episode away is kind of like to me the episode highlight of the whole thing. I, I would say that and the detective, even though I get that, yeah. The detective episode also has some of the worst stuff in the show. I think when it comes to that fight about the foster care system and that being really preachy, it's just the funniest shit in that episode is some of the funniest shit in the show. Yeah, like, you know, like, oh, I can't, I can't remember who, it, wh- which one of them it was that was just kind of like, you know, every black kid from the South has some experience with the foster care system. And like, you know, even, you know, saying into the capacity of like, oh, you, whether or not it was you or someone next to you in class or you didn't know or so on and so forth, the spirit of it is wrong. Cause it's yeah. just like, there's nothing wrong with words like a lot, you know? <laughs> there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with words like a lot or some or, you know, and realizing that that is sad enough. Not like it had to have been like an entire, in like this is something that is endemic to the entire thing. It's like, you know, we can just make a personal story. Yeah. 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 I, and I get what you mean about this. Thing. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Um, the counterpoint to all that is the line where the woman, where she's putting it, the whole story of Dre together in her head. And she said the one line she says that is so beautiful. She's like, and I, I realized that in my entire life, I had never known an old white woman to eat hot Cheetos. (laughs) (laughs) And that's when it hit me. (laughs) That's when it hit me. Somebody was eating in her house. (laughs) It's like, what is she? Like, her reasoning, her reasoning is just so bizarre. It's amazing. Um, But yes, yes, I I take everything you're saying and have said throughout the episode about the... Again, it's like, yeah, I guess the what is the word for it? Is it like purposefulness or it's like preachiness? Again, prescriptiveness. Prescriptiveness. Because I don't think it's necessary. I think outside of the detective episode, I don't don't necessarily agree that it's preachy, but you're right. It's prescriptive in a way that feels, that can feel a little off-putting. And then I think the sort of, on the flip side of that is the stuff that feels more, like you're saying, personal and that I wanted more of, I think, because the show has so many balls in the air and because the show is relatively short, some stuff just gets kind of like unceremoniously cut off. Like the guy she meets when she wants to kill the Tommy Lauren type chick who's like waging a campaign against Nigel. Like that got weird. The stuff with the black guy who is like, I used to be obese and now I don't, you know, and then they, they have that weird hook up where they eat Doritos and he's like, that can't happen I was, again. Like, I was I cackling because yeah. I was just like, what the fuck is <laughs> this? <laughs> and they're like eating Doritos and like sex positions on the counter and it's like, it's like that's such a, a weirdly incoherent, beautiful thought but the show just kind of has to like shove him in a freezer and move on from it way, way more quickly than I wanted to, you know? Because it had to kind of get to all of this, like, again, it had to get back to this sort of, what is this all about, though? What what caused this? And it's like, I yeah. don't know. I just want to see the Dorito shit again. Like, what the fuck? 
Yeah. Yeah. I, it's just like, I, it, why does it, yeah, it's just like, oh, we killed so many people to get here. It has to be about something. And it's just like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Not like overarchingly. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that like, I, but I mean, also it's difficult to, to, to have like a, to thread a narrative through line without it, you know? Wait, can I ask you a question? Okay. In terms of, prescriptiveness, right? I actually think one thing that's kind of weird about the show, right, is that the show constantly, like you were saying with the title card, is kind of rubbing in your face every which way that like, yeah, this is Beyonce standing. You know what I mean? But it's sort of, you get to the end of the show, and how does the show end? It ends with Nija, it ends with Dre rushing the stage, and Nija calling her security to back off, and you know, how much of this is a fever dream versus not, I don't know. But it sort of ends with that shot, right, of Nigel holding Dre close to her chest and taking her down to her limo and them getting in the, in the, the you know, the SUV together. And isn't, I think that's like the last few shots of the show. And I don't know, by the end of it, for the fact that the show is always calling attention to the idea that any resemblance between, you know, real people and real events is intended it's sort of like okay but what is this I, I really found it kind of hard to put together what the show is implying about Beyonce you know like forget like set aside the questions about the hive right like what is it saying about Beyonce because it really is specifically like they they're not just like oh she's a pop star and she's from Houston. It's also like they're doing the lemonade rollout. Like that surprise drop is they're they're doing a send up of the aesthetics of lemonade, right? Yeah. And, and so like I'm, it's they like even at the 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 bit in the fight at the end, you know, where she's just kind of like, if you really listen to me, you take me to go see her sister. Like you know, they they're getting things in there that are trying to point to yeah. who it is that they are talking about the whole time. But yeah, I mean, like, I, I you get to, to the end, end, right? Yeah, to what you get end, to the right? end, and it's like just sort of like you know, well, Beyonce is. That's it. That's 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 all you come away from the show with. Like, yeah, it is pretty crazy <clears throat> that you know someone has been a fixture, a, like a mainstay in American culture for all of our child and adult lives. <laughs> And some strange things have spun out from that. Occasionally violent things. End of story. Yeah, see, even that, though, I would, to your point about preachiness and prescriptiveness, right? It's sort of, I actually probably would re respect it a lot more if it felt like that prescriptiveness culminated in a pronouncement of like, yeah, you know what? Beyonce has been irresponsible over the years and not sort of doing more to discourage the more extreme behavior of her fan base, right? If the show had that take, if the show was willing to sort of throw that out there and be like, yeah, you know what? Like, Beyonce is kind of irresponsible and her fan, you know what I mean? But it's like, it, I still feel like the show ends on a, on a punch pull. You know what I mean? I don't feel like it ends on a real punch. And I feel, I feel like that's what, it makes it feel like the show kind of, tried to have it both ways in a lot of ways. Like, it tried to do a send-up of the Beyoncé fandom, but then, right, and it, it also wanted to be per It also wanted to be perfect blue. 
Like it yeah, also yeah, wanted to yeah. like it it wanted to do all of these things, but at the end, like, you know, I'm gonna just say it. We don't know how litigious she is. How you can can you get to the end and just say whatever? Like like that's the truth. I don't, I don't know. I, like I'm I'm saying like it's just you know it does feel like oh this kind of just trailed off instead of like right ending on a guitar solo or like with yeah. an emphatic period or anything like that. Like you know it just kind of needed to end. And so like, that is where it ended. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, yeah. I found the ending really ungratifying and kind of, like I said, it felt like a pulled punch and yeah, I don't know. I mean, not to, I don't, I don't know that endings can make or break totally something, but it, it did feel kind of like, I, I think your point about ending on a guitar solo, like this is a kind of show with a kind of lead that you want, you know, you want, like you <laughs> want it to be like, you want, like, you want her to like win or lose, like convincingly. Like, it's like, I need it to be like, this is, she put like, she put her foot in it. Like, this is the, yeah. like, but it's just sort of like, we need to, it sounded like it just needed to end in a good place, you know? And, wouldn't it be nice if you got, if you spent your whole life waiting to meet your idol and then they were exactly as benevolent and wonderful as you dreamed of? Like they saved you from their event security, a show that you weren't supposed to be at. You know, if everything went well, wouldn't that be nice to think about? But the more awesome version of that story involves something that would be like, you know, not uplifting. It's not an uplifting into that story. Yeah, I would say the last episode is literally called "Only God Makes Happy Endings," right? I would I would acknowledge that, but also for anybody who's tearing their hair out, being like, "We, that's the point, man." But it's also like, can I also say I I thought she was gonna kill Nigel. I thought it was gonna. I totally thought it was gonna be like a Selena type situation. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I thought, thought she was like gonna kill. I I you know I thought it would have been something to that if like it would have been that like yeah it's just sort of like I'm not I w was waiting for there to be like this was the moment where we had our break with reality and I think it's like the you know AI Marissa face on on Nyjah as she's walking towards her as you know Dre's getting braced by, by event security yeah. like where you can be like alright well yeah she just started seeing what she wanted to see here she's probably in holding at whatever police right. precinct whatever. like she was with the plum when she bites Nyjah exactly. Right? Yeah. exactly and I mean like that is you know it, it's a viable out but I, it's just sort of like I, I've been watching Mike films again. Like I want to mm -hmm. see the blood. I want to see the show me the body. <laughs> like I, I want to see it. Which, in fairness, perfect blue. Like that's perfect blue shows you. Yeah. The, you know what I mean? Like yeah, that's Satoshi yeah. Kon. Yeah, I was just like, if it, if we're gonna do this, you know what I mean? If we're gonna have all this lighting and we're gonna go to these strange places, let's go there. Yeah. No, I feel that. Wait, can I, I, this sentence has been lingering in the corner of my eye and I only just now caught it. Did you know this? Malia Obama is among the writers of the series? What the fuck? What? 
Neighbors said we really wanted to give her the opportunity to get her feet wet in TV and see if this is something she wants to continue. What part did Molly, what part <laughs> did she write? What do we think she wrote? What do we think Molly Obama wrote? I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark here and say that she wrote Kiersey Clemens' part. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. The, I, yeah. I, yeah. <clears throat> you know, failed sapphic dalliance, the, the NR on bicep tattoo, like uh, chasing after the Uber with your drunk roommate. It seems yeah. like it's like it's it's possible. Yeah. But uh, yeah. all we can do is speculate. All we can do is speculate. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I liked it more than most. I definitely see the complaints about the show. Um, I don't. Is there anything else we have to say about it? Uh, no. I, Honestly, I no. Here's the thing, too. It's like I I'm like I'm a square with readers. Like I've spent most of the past week playing Resident Evil Four remake. And that's where ninety five percent of like my mental faculties are dedicated right now, and like the old millennials know. Like, come on, bro, Resident Evil Four remake, incredible, classic, should have went triple, ten ten, best new music. Yeah, you got a cool jacket. That's 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 what all I gotta say about Resident Evil because I actually. With the allotted Resident Evil remake time, I was I was using to to beat Sekiro. So, bro, you 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 playing the weeb game? You playing the samurai? You're right. I called you weeb. I'm sorry. I who am I? No, no, yeah. Who like I see on your on on your bookshelf (laughs) right now? I see Uzumaki. Oh shit. And prison school volume. Let me turn the resolution you, down so you can't. I just, it. I'm just saying, you know, I'm, I'm out here chipping myself against the challenge is what I'm doing. That's all right, trying to keep fair. my reaction times up. Uh, uh, Sekiro Resident Evil remake. I don't know, man. Like, it's a good time for gamers right now. And like, I still haven't played Dead Space remake. I kind of want to. I never played Dead Space, but I don't know. I, I, I need something else to scratch the itch right. Now. I need to I mean, stop like, playing video games. Tell me this: I'm like, Have you ever like? It, do you do you get a similar feeling after beating a from software game of like 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 extreme melancholy? Like it's just sort of like no. Because I, when like, I beat Bloodborne, I didn't. Bloodborne, I was so irritated with. By the time I beat it, I actually had the opposite of that of like just extreme innervation. You know? No, I mean like yeah. I get what you're saying. Like, I think that it was utter bullshit. Like, when I got to, like, the... F- when you get to the 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 last battle and you... First, you got to fucking fight Genichiro again. Like, and then you have a three-phase boss after that with Ishii and Ashina, who pulls out a spear and a gun, a semi-automatic gun in whatever time this is in his second phase. And the spacing gets all fucked up. And then in the third phase, he pulls out fucking lightning. Like, so I was just like, the first time, but also like, it's really a rhythm game. Like, so after I was just like, all right, well, everything is parable. 
everything is parable. You just got to calmly tell yourself that. Wait, even lightning is parable? Yeah, you got to jump into the air towards them when you see them. Well, when Genichiro, whenever he puts his left hand across his body, you basically got to jump into the air. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. it's the same same with Ishii. Whenever he reaches across his body, you got to jump. Like, so... But anyway, you jump towards them into the lightning and you press the attack button before you hit the ground and you can do a lightning reversal. But if you do the gauntlets of strength and you fight inner Ishii, they do double reversals where you have to, after you know hitting them with them, they'll reverse it onto you and then you have to reverse it perfectly twice, which is, you know... Uh, they got to throw new wrinkles in there at you because once you like get the patterns down, stuff begins to feel easy and even a little disappointing. But like, I'm telling you, I don't, I don't appreciate how they be switching up the attack patterns to call it the <laughs> strike, man. I don't appreciate it. Where the fuck they get all these new moves from, man? Oh, no. I, I feel sorry for you. Um, I will, I'll play Sekiro one day. It's just like, like I said, this is like a season of, this is a year where like a bunch of games I give a shit about are coming out. So it's like, it's tough. It, this is not a good backlog year. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's all we got this week. Um, Shouts out Donald Glover, Molly, Obama, Swarm, in stores. Um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> My mind is blank. I got to file a review of this fucking game. Listeners, email us, soundonlypod at gmail.com. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Mike Peters. Shouts out to our producer this week, Isaiah Blakely. We'll see y'all next week. <laughs> <laughs>